Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Old Baptist Weekly. We're so thankful you came. We hope you came praying. We're privileged tonight to have Elder Charles Martin with us. How are you doing tonight, Brother Charles? Doing good. Uh, Brother Charles, can you remind us where you're serving at? The Little Zion Pretty Baptist Church of Ordway, Colorado. Colorado. Uh, which part of Colorado is that? It's over on the eastern side, um, about five hours north of Amarillo, Texas. Well, we're we're certainly praying for y'all out there. Uh, this is actually uh, my first time to meet you, and I know uh, a few of us are. Uh, this is our first time to meet you, and we're just absolutely thrilled to have you on. I uh, can't wait to hear what the Lord has put on your heart, brother. And we are praying for you. And uh, with that, if you'll bow with us in prayer, Heavenly Father, we come before you once again, asking. Your felt presence on us, Lord, tonight. We ask that you be with this dear servant as he brings a message forward. Lord, give us ears to hear. Be with our world as she continues to heal, Lord. We ask that you be with us as we try to serve you and go on out through this week and throughout the rest of our lives in service of your name. Lord, be with our churches that meet in your name. May our spiritual fellowship continue May you be honored and glorified in all things that we do. All these favors and blessings we ask in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. With that, Brother Charles, the floor is yours. As I began to think about um, speaking this night, I had thought on several different things, and my mind seems to be drawn to two or three different subjects right now, so I'm praying the Lord will direct me to pick the right one. Um, I hope and trust that what I have on my mind is of the Lord and that he will bless the service that I might bring something forth that would be good and beneficial and that we might feed upon. Um, My mind seems to be drawn tonight to the book of James. We just passed a season where we had several people that gave gifts and tried to present presents to people and things that we do at this time of year is, is what's accustomed in the world. And I thought about it in the book of James in the first chapter where it says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the father of lights with whom is no variableness, no shadow of turning. And I have to bring forth this point right here first, realize that everything in the world belongs to God and that he loans it to us for just a little while that we might be able to enjoy it. And all the blessings that we have in life come from him, whether it's a good wife, good children, good family, a good job, whatever the case might be, it all comes from him. And these are all good gifts that he gives us. But I would like to, for a little while tonight, try to think about this perfect gift that he gave us. It says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down. I want to say for a little while, he gave us some, some gifts that are perfect, that we can enjoy, that we can hold on to. And not only can we hold on to them now, but they're good through all eternity because he has blessed us with some of these things. If you turn with me to the book of Ephesians, I want to go over and I want to look at a uh, for, for scripture that I know we're very familiar with. But I want to look at this scripture here and see what it says here in the second chapter of Ephesians. And it says here, the very first, this second chapter of Ephesians, it says, and you have he quickened. That doesn't mean he hurried us up. That means he made us alive. He put life into us. He, he, he gave us something that we didn't have before. It says. And you had the quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin, wherein in times past he walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. 
among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind that were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath gathered us together, has quickened us, excuse me, hath quickened us together with Christ. There's that word quicken again. He gave us his life in Christ Jesus. He put us in a place where we can rejoice and hold on to something that we have here that is far greater than anything we could ever ever receive in this world. It come from, from above. And he says, he quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved and has raised us up and made us set together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It says it is the gift of God. It doesn't say it is a gift. It says it is the gift of God. He says, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. I want you to see that he gave us this gift and this gift. He gives us life. He gives us the grace. And he gives us the, the wonderful blessings that come with it. He, he shows us here that we have there were been put into a place because of what Christ has done for us and this what Christ has bestowed upon us. And he gave us this wonderful gift. You go with me over to the fourth chapter of the book of Ephesians now. And if, starting in the fourth verse here, it says, There is one body and one spirit, even as you're called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father, who is above all and through all and in you all. He says, But unto every one of us is given grace, according to the measure of the gift of Christ. I want you to see this grace that he has given us is, is, a, is a wonderful blessing. It's, it's, a, it's a bestowment upon us that is something that we did not deserve. He gave it to us because he wanted to. It was his choice to do so because I believe that if you go study out the meaning of grace, it means unmerited favor bestowed upon an undeserving individual. I want you to know right now that I'm a very undeserving individual with the Lord. I trust has blessed me with grace and I can understand what he's done for me. It's not, and I may rejoice because he gave me this wonderful gift that I can hold on to, that I can cherish, that I can rejoice in. I'd like to go back over to the book of Romans now. And in the book of Romans, in the fifth chapter, in the fifth chapter of the book of Romans, he says, try and decide where I want to start here. In the 14th verse of the fifth chapter of the book of Romans, it says, nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the solemnitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as event, so also is the free gift. I want you to see this gift was free to us. It cost Jesus Christ his life. It cost him to have to suffer a great deal. He had to lay down his life upon the cross, and he had to suffer bleeding die for us to pay the price that was required for us to live with him in heaven and immortal glory. But I want you to know that it cost him a great deal, but unto us is given to us freely. It says, but also, it says, but the free gift, for if through the offense of one, Many be dead, much more by the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, has, has abounded unto many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift, for the judgment was by one to condemnation. But the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more, they which receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. I want you to see when 
the prophet Job, whenever he said, how can man be just with God in the ninth chapter of the book of the book of Job, Job 9 and 2, he says, how can man be just with God? I want you to see the only way that man can be just was by the grace of God and the blessing that his son bestowed upon us. <coughs> Pardon me. And this grace comes down and is bestowed upon us by his son. And the, he had to pay the price that we can enjoy what he's done for us. Over <coughs> in this day and time we we have to go through a lot of things and we're 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 being told lots of different things about how how bad things are and that we have to be really careful because and they're and they're trying to scare us to death but i want you to know the lord is my light and my salvation of whom shall i fear the lord is the strength of my life of whom shall i be afraid i'm not worried about anything the only one i want to be afraid of is god because he is the one that we should trust in he is the only one that we should fear because it says that in the fear of the lord is wisdom. I want you to understand that God is the only one we should we should be afraid of, and He has bestowed these wonderful gifts upon us because He chose to do so. And here, over in Second Timothy chapter one, verse, I want to start there. The sixth verse it says, "I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God has given us something we can hold on to, and we can realize that because of Him." We don't have to be afraid of anything that's going on in the world today. He's been there with us. He's carried us through. He's helped us all the days of our lives, and he will continue to do so. He's held us in the hollow of his hand. He says, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. He said, be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of my Lord, nor of me as prisoner, but be thou partakers of the afflictions of the gospel, according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us, in Christ Jesus, before the world was given, when did He give it to us? Before the world ever ever existed, He gave us it. He 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 had this, this this covenant set up, and He and He blessed us that we were given all this before the foundation of the world. And He says, "But He hath made manifest by the appearing of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel." The gospel does not give us life. It just sheds light upon the life, life that we already have because of the blessing that he has bestowed upon us, because of this grace that he has given us. He has been wonderful. Thanks for us. I want, I want to go back over now to the book of Romans. And I know I'm bouncing back and forth a lot, but i got a lot of things on my mind right now, and I was told to keep this short, so I'm trying to keep it short. But I want you to know right now, I want to go to the sixth chapter of the book of Romans. And he says here in the 22nd verse, the sixth chapter of Romans, it says, but now being made free from sin and become servants to God, you have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. He says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through our, Lord, through our Savior, Jesus Christ, our Lord. I want you to understand this gift of God that he has bestowed upon us is eternal life, that we will go and live with him when, that, when time is no more, that we will all be taken over to that place to, to enjoy a time with him, that we can rejoice and realize the wonderful blessings to go to a place that we can't even fathom how good it is right now because it tells us that it is unlawful for a man to utter what he saw in the third heaven. I, don't, I believe he does. I believe he's not telling us here that, that, he, that he's if he would uh, told us how good it was that he could be arrested, I believe he's telling us he's unable to tell us how good it was. And I can't wait for the time when we get to go over there and be with him because I know that there's something far better waiting for us over there. It says, but the, for the wages of sin is death. Everything that we do here, everything that man has and tries to accomplish, 
all it does is it, is it, it ends in death. That's all there is because it's sin. But the gift that God has given us, it is eternal life that we can rejoice in him. It says the gift of God is eternal life through our Lord Jesus. I want you to understand it's a wonderful blessing. And as a way of closing tonight, I want to say in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15, he says, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Brethren, I want you to know, I could try to spend another hour here talking about it, but I can never tell you about the wonderful gift that God has bestowed upon us. I could spend a, a long time trying to tell you some things, but all I can tell you is that it's far greater than anything we've ever had here. And this gift that we have is eternal and it will last forever. And everyone that God chose before the foundation of the world, he bestows his grace upon. His gift is given unto them and they will live with him when time is no more. I thank you for your time. I hope I was not too tedious or too long-winded. Thank you. Amen, Brother Charles. Amen. Amen. Good preaching. Yeah. Good. Man. Brother Mike Hughes, you got first go. Thank you, Brother Daniel. Brother Charles, Lord blessed you and blessed us with that message. That's just what I don't know about the other brethren tonight, but that's what I needed to hear today. Mm-hmm. And that kind of encouragement from the Lord. And I'm thankful to the Lord that he gave that and put that upon your heart. And I know that you were talking, you mentioned there, you felt like you were kind of skipping around, but you covered the right, right verse yeah. that we needed to hear. <laughs> and, and they all point to one thing. And that's our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And thank you for that. And thank the Lord for that. And uh, I don't think we can hear enough about that free gift that we have. You know, there's so much in the world that, that talks about, well, man's got to do this or man's got to do this or, yeah, it's free. But, you know, but we we believe in a God that's that's able to give us that gift. And there's no no strings attached. There's nothing that we Amen. can do. And I'm glad that you just expounded upon that for us again because we need to hear that in this time and appreciate that very much and uh, I think with that I'm, I'm going to pass on over Brother Daniel, just go ahead uh, Brother Dave Hey Brother Charles so yes, I think it would be good for a lot of folks uh, I know you know it but I'm going to let you tell us what's the difference between a gift and, and wages a gift and what? And wages, because it says the wages of sin is death. But the gift wages of is something that you life. work for. Uh-huh. And a gift is something that's bestowed upon you because someone chose to do so. Okay. <clears throat> so uh we're working uh we're working real good for that uh those wages of sin, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I, I I think we're all all gonna face death somewhere down the road because we've all sinned. <laughs> A little overtime and maybe some time and a half there and holidays. Yeah. <laughs> Holiday pay. <laughs> I think I've even worked some. I think I've even worked some double shifts and stuff like that. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think so. I know so. I know that. Uh, but uh, so, so you know, free gift is kind of even though the I'm not going to throw off on the word free gift because it's in the Bible that way. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't want to say it's a redundancy. I just think it's it, it emphasizing the fact what a gift is. Mm-hmm. That a gift by itself is, is free. 
And you said there's no strings attached uh, for us, right? You know, it's not given to us by any acceptance on our part. <clears throat> right. Something that we do. It says okay. not a work of righteousness was we have done. There's always nothing that we did. Yeah. Nothing that he bestowed it upon us because he chose to do so. Amen. Amen. You know, I mean, because, um, you know, yeah, we just had Christmas and, uh, you know, me and Leslie gives gifts, but I kind of, she kind of paid for her gift and I kind of paid for mine, but it's a gift to each other. But um, there's a lot of strings attached to Christmas gifts. I'm talking about bows and ribbons. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, God didn't, God didn't do that. It's just, we just got it. We don't even have to go looking for it. You know, it's, it's given to us even without even uh, telling us. So yeah, he, he gives it to us, and then before we know, it, we've already got it. Ain't that something? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. amazing. You know, yeah. I, I was laughing because I I heard somebody talking the other day, and they were talking about that song. I saw the light, and uh, said in the in the song, he says, "I won't let my dear Savior in." I said, "Your dear Savior is not. He hasn't come in yet. Because when he comes in, he won't be here by choice. He'll, he'll take over, and you won't even know it until it's already done." <laughs> I guess you're right about that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, I mean, it, it's an invitation that he's right. waiting for us to, to provide for him. But uh, no, nah, he's 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 he makes himself right at home. I'm real glad about that, and I love it. I, I love that you got to one of my favorite uh, scriptures there. Uh, Second uh, Corinthians nine fifteen, but thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. You know, that means you you cannot express how right. great this gift is. And you can't put it you in words. Like I, I said, I could spend an, I could spend another hour trying to talk about it, but I'll never never touch it as much as it needs to be talked about. I'll never well, we'll, keep talking. we'll keep you talking for at least an hour on it. Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I, I'll turn it over. I think it's Brother Jerry's next. Yes. Uh, Brother Charles, uh, what a pleasure to, to meet you, even if it's virtually. Uh, and it's especially a pleasure to, to hear you preach. Um, for, for whatever it might be worth to you, let me just join these other brethren and say amen. Um, very thankful uh, to, to have heard you uh, go the places that you did. Uh, with the subject matter that was upon your heart. Um, these, these things are precious to us and, mm. and they feed our soul. Um, in, in my estimation, that's soul food. I, I just sit back and, and take that in and, and rejoice in it as it rings true in my heart um, and in my mind of understanding. Brother David, I'm, I'm thankful that you poked at the the distinction, the, the difference between um, a wage and a gift, mm -hmm. that's that's vital to understand um, the difference between those two. You, a lot of times we all get in conversations with people that maybe are of a, a different theological persuasion, and they come out with something along the lines of, you know, what's the big fuss about this theology and doctrine and all of that? You know, we're in a world today that don't want to talk about doctrine. 
Right. And, and that's, we're all just uh, working for the same place. Mm. And if it wasn't for grace, we would all get there. Amen. <laughs> right? <laughs> but thanks be to God for the things you preached tonight, Brother Charles, uh, that, that absolutely positively, without question, assures that I will get there where I'm working to according to my carnal nature. Mm. He has he has rescued me and reached down to the beneath the 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 bottom of a bottomless pit. Now figure that out. He's yeah. reached below that, brought me up and set my feet upon a rock. I mean that there's not a better doctrine uh, that we could have. And and thanks be to God that He gave it to us. I, you know, you started out in James, and um, I, I really appreciate where you started out and how you you began the the message. Every good gift and perfect gift. Um, you you alluded to Christmas time, brother David. You you mentioned it as well. Isn't it amazing in our society today, from a natural perspective, that places of business that want you to buy from them they they talk about their goods but they talk mostly about their return policies um the the good and the perfect gifts that we have from the lord have no return policy uh, you, couldn't re- you couldn't return it if you wanted to uh there's no need there's no need to return it um you know it, it's it's amazing how easy it is to confuse uh, the things that God has done with us and bring them down to to our level of, of understanding instead of raising ourselves up unto what, what Scripture has to say about it. Uh, James says that there's no variableness nor shadow of turning. And I, I appreciate where you went with it, the person of Christ. I think James is not only talking about the person of Christ because he's certainly he says perfect gift. But there are other gifts that God's given us that are directly connected to the person of Jesus Christ. Um, James, I think, is tugging at the, the, the gospel that the Savior brought with him, the word that we have, the word that he has left behind, um, scriptures that testify of him and his perfectness, and that we would take those things and understand that God's not fickle, in, in, in imparting them to us. And he's got no hidden agenda and no ulterior motive in the giving of gifts. Um, I find it remarkable that, that sometimes people want to think that God has a hidden will and a hidden agenda. Um, and to think that man can kind of arrive at a place of some understanding that God has not clearly made known unto his people is a posture of, of serious arrogance. And it really undermines the beauty of the gifts that God has given us. Uh, I want to go just one place. I'll get your thought on this. And, and you may or I know it'll catch you a little bit off guard. You may or may not agree with me. And these other brethren uh, will certainly tell me if they don't agree. Um, they won't even hesitate. Who follows me, Daniel? Is it your uh, it's Mike. Yeah, it's Mike. Oh, geez. Well, we'll know yeah. really fast if he, yeah. if he yeah. agrees or not. Sorry, I was muted. Yes, it's dad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So I do believe in James, that, you know, James is speaking of certainly the perfect gift of Jesus Christ, which is from above. But he also talks uh, as he goes down through it, that we would be swift to hear and slow, slow to speak in handling, handling the, the gospel that, that Christ brought with him. Well, if you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, I, I think Paul is, is making reference to uh, a similar, similar thought. When he says in verse nine, for now, for we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Now, I, it's not hard for me to consider uh, and associate the word perfect with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ as you did in your preaching. But I think Christ brought something with him that blesses us to no longer look at him or the things that he has done or the prophecy of him in type and in shadow. He, he, brought, he brought the gospel with him. And that's what we have today, that we can see him in the gospel. You see him in the Old Testament. But I think Paul is tugging at a little bit of that when he says that we know in part, prophesy in part, but that which is perfect is come. Uh, Christ came and what he brought with him, there's nothing lacking in it whatsoever. And it takes us to a place that we can understand that there is no fickleness with God. There is no variableness with him. There is no shadow of turning with him. There is no ulterior motive. He has blessed us with his inspired word that that we can take it, live it uh, in our life, be a doer of it, not a hearer only. And and that is such a gift that we have. It's one of those things that we hear the term, a gift that keeps on giving. I'll tell you, we've got a gift, brothers, that keeps on giving. Yeah. Amen. In, in a mighty and a powerful way. I don't know if you all see that that way or not, Brother brother Martin, but if you care to comment, I, I'd love to hear what you have to say. I, brother Charles. <laughs> I, uh, I think you're right. I, I believe that, that this is a, is a gift that is a, keeps on giving, as you said, and it's something that we can hold on to and, and cherish for our whole life and all through eternity because it, it means so much to us. And it, and I'm, I rejoice to think about over the 13th chapter of, of Hebrews where he says that Jesus Christ is saying yesterday, today, and forever, and that we may boldly say he is our helper, that for I shall not fear what man shall do unto me. There you go. God, yeah. he, Jesus Christ is the same. In, in the book of Malachi, he says, I'm God and I change not, therefore you sons of Jacob are not consumed. I want you to know God does not change. He He loves us. And he, he always will, and that, that love does not change. It is an everlasting love that has carried on, and it will, it will go on in in all eternity. There is no through eternity, but but in eternity it will always be there, and we can rejoice because he does not change, and he, he has loved us all the days of our lives. He will continue to love us. He's not going to, somewhere down the road, he's not going to say, well, I'm sorry you did this and this and this, and so I can't love you anymore. He is always That love is always there. It's always unconditional. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, it makes me rejoice to realize that, it, that it's perfect in everything that we we look at and see, and then we can rejoice in Him. And I'm glad that we have the gospel to preach because I wouldn't want to go hear anything else because there's no comfort in it to me. To hear that we have to do something or accomplish something in order for all this to be a benefit to us, to me, is not even comforting at all. Not at all. Amen, brother. God bless you. I appreciated your message very much tonight. Bless you. I appreciate your encouragement. 
Go ahead, Dad. Ooh, right, Brother Mark. We've got 30 minutes. I'll take 25 and you take five. How's that? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sorry they made you feel like that when I'm the one asking the questions that it's really bad, it's stress-inducing, it's... It's not. It's really not. It's really not. But this time it probably will be. (laughs) Uh, First of all, I love you. Love what you preach. I love how you preach it. Love the gift the Lord's given you. I love your family. And I'm privileged to know, I'm privileged to know not only your, your dad, your mom, but your sister, her family, and your grandfather. Yeah. And what a wonderful uh, legacy has been passed down to you from your uh, predecessors in the family. I wouldn't give a th- Nick. I wouldn't give anything for the precious memories I have of being in the presence of your granddad and <clears throat> just listening. Uh, he had such a great wit, uh, and I love your dad so much. He's just my kind of guy, and uh, and I wish I could hear you more because I love the way you preach. I love the way the Lord. Uh, has blessed you and the way you go about it really do. Well, the, the good Lord will, I might be down there in a couple of months, you know. That's, you weren't just kidding me. You were really serious? Okay. I, was, I talked to That's, my dad and my dad said he's going to see if he can get it rain so he can come with me down there. Okay. That's second, the weekend of the second Sunday in April, 2022. Yes, <laughs> okay, Brother Charles. Uh, let's say for, just for argument's sake, uh, I am new to the primitive Baptist. I'm not even a member of the church, and I, I'm not. I, I'm really not aware of the of the doctrine that the primitive Baptists believe. <clears throat> I hear you say what you say about the gift. Of course, as a primitive Baptist, I say Amen. But I'm not a primitive Baptist, and I'm a sincere seeker of the truth. I just don't know. So my question, you and you know what the question we normally get when we talk about free grace and the gift by grace, is isn't it true? that a gift has to be accepted by the person to whom the gift is being given to, you know, being given. In other words, if you give me a gift, I can accept it or reject it. That's usually a common response, isn't it? To uh, what we say about gift. So, so how do you, how do you deal with that in a loving, kind and gracious manner with that kind of a, knowing the person is sincere? Well, I, I ask, uh, some friends of ours that live here in town and she went to church as she was younger, but she quit going to church because she got discouraged with the church and the things. Cause she went to the Nazarene church and she didn't, uh, didn't like to go to church. And, and she said, it kind of made me feel funny because they were telling me that I had to do something that I didn't see how I could do. And I asked her, I said, well, let me ask you something, Brenda. I said, uh, if your children were playing in the yard, and there was a tornado coming across the prairie. And the tornado was going to come right through your yard and destroy your children and kill them. I said, would you go open the door to the cellar and say, come in if you want to? Or would you go get your kids and take them down in the cellar? She said, I go get my kids and take them down in the cellar. I said, why would God do anything less than that? <laughs> she said, well, that sounds like a perfectly good, uh, reasonable thing to me. I said, God didn't leave it up to us because he knew we'd mess it up. He took care of what was needed, and he made sure that we live with him when heaven, when time is no more, in heaven and more to glory. And he gave it to us, whether we wanted it or not. 
Okay, on that one. Now that that's where we usually have some some interesting uh, uh, back and forth. So we say God gave, gives us that gift of eternal life, whether we want it or not. And we usually say something like this: We wouldn't want it anyway. You know, we it's not in our nature until God changes, gives us the new nature to want the things of God. Okay, but getting back to the gift analogy which is a hard one for people to get past, apparently. <clears throat> if I have a pretty package to give to you, you can say, thank you, I accept it, or no, I don't want that present. Isn't Why wouldn't that be true of the offer of uh, eternal life? Why God doesn't force it. I mean, does he force it on us? I mean, do we, you know, I'm playing the person that doesn't know. He, mm -hmm. he gives it to us without us even knowing about it. And when we realize anything about it, we've already got it. You wouldn't, be, you wouldn't be concerned about it if you didn't have it. Hey, I agree. Totally agree with that. I mean, I, I've said to people who argue about election, you know, how, what if I want to be elect and I'm not? And I say, well, but if you want to be elected, that means you are elected. <laughs> so right. nobody that isn't elected wouldn't want to be. Okay. So uh, if, you needed a kidney, and I happen to be a, a match. Now, you may say, I don't want anything from Mike Montgomery. <laughs> I, just, I just don't want it. I just don't want it, I guess. But uh, let's say uh, uh, I give you the, the, the kidney, and and you live. Uh, it's, not, it's not a bad analogy. It's not a good analogy in all respects, but just stick with me. Sometimes we call that the gift of life, do we not? I mean, we say uh, I gave. I, I, we can, we can't give life, but we we look at it in terms like that because I gave you the the, the kidney. You're able to to live longer, and, uh, as opposed to dying. And people liken that, I know, to eternal life. You could accept the kidney, or you could reject it. I mean, why would you want to reject it? It means you're going to die, but you still could reject it. <clears throat> but is that a fair way of describing the way God gives us eternal life? Well, I believe I believe because it was the perfect gift, he gave it to us in such a way that it was bestowed to us and put upon us, and we don't don't even know about it till we already have it. Well, because we're and dead. God has put it put it within us, and when we realize that we have a a thought one way or the other, it's already too late for us to have that because that gift's already been given to us at that point. I, I, so did you hear what Brother Jerry said? Uh, go ahead and say that again, Brother Jerry. Go ahead and say what you said. Well, it's because we're dead. You, you, can't, accept, you can't accept or refuse something when you're dead. It, you see, that was one of your dead? first remarks. That's one of your first remarks at the beginning. Quickening doesn't mean God didn't hurry us up a little. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> it means he gave you life. He brought life from death. He gave from us death. life uh, just like a, any any kind of natural life. Even a, a baby doesn't say, would you please give me life so I can be alive? Right. It just doesn't work that way. Uh, a baby gets the life and it's a gift, right? Right. Uh, they may not treat it like a gift, but it is a gift, and it's a, it's irresistible, and it's uh, um, 
directly from God to that to the person. So I love how you preach that. And I know I know a lot of good wonderful sorry, go ahead. Dad. In the ninth chapter of the book of Romans, he says, Who can resist the will of God? Yeah. If God wants to give <laughs> that to you, how are you going to resist it and say, No, 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 I'm not going to do it? You can't resist well, I that. Agree. I agree. I think about Lazarus when he was in the grave. Right. And, and the Lord said, Lazarus, come forth. He wasn't asking Lazarus if he'd like to come forth. He wasn't, he wasn't uh, bartering with Lazarus. How about it, Lazarus? Would you come forth if I yeah. did this for you, if I did that? Lazarus had no choice. He came forth. Amen. And that's, that's a natural life giving back to him, but I think that also applies to us in the spiritual life. Mm-hmm. So I... I really appreciate you giving us the time tonight to preach to us that wonderful sermon on grace and, and the gift, the free gift. It cost him everything, but it didn't cost us anything. That's right. So uh, I will turn it over to the one you really need to worry about, Elder Mark Rao. Get ready. Get ready. Now, Brother Charles, you know that I'm, I'm the least of your worries, right? <laughs> You know, the worst is right there off the bat. The worst is. <laughs> so how about how about this, brother Mike and brother Charles? Really, everybody. In the isn't the giving of the gift what makes it a gift to begin with? Mm-hmm. The recipient of the gift did nothing for it. Mm-hmm. The giver of the gift decided what the gift would be, went out and bought it, wrapped it took it to the recipient and said, here. And whether or not that recipient decides that they want it or not does not is not what makes it a gift. No, it's, it's not. everything that the purchaser did, the giver did, that makes it a gift. So so I like westerns. This is off the this is out, out left field. I love westerns. Um, and there was one that was made probably, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago that I really liked. And they snuck a love story in like they always do. You know, I want to see them riding and, you know, and all that. But in one scene, the, the woman gives a gift to the man. The main female lead gives a gift to the uh, main male lead. And he says, I can't take this. And she says, you don't have a say. It's my decision to give you a gift. I've given you this gift. It's your gift, whether you take it or not. It's yours. And I thought, you know, that's profound in and of itself because it describes what the gift is and what makes it a gift. And what makes it a gift is the person that gives it. Now, obviously, the person that gave us that perfect gift, that great gift, is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what makes it a gift. And what he did to um, what he, the work he performed in order to take that grace and give that grace to us, that's all wrapped up in, in the giver, mm-hmm. not the receiver. So I appreciate, Brother Charles, when you said, um, you know, we were dead in trespasses and sins. I mean, we didn't even have the ability to say, oh, I don't want it. No. Uh, we were dead. But the yeah. Lord gives it to us. And I mean, he, when he gives it to us, I mean, he gave it to us, right? <laughs> right. I mean, just ask Saul of Tarsus. 
You know, if you don't believe that, wham, there it is. <laughs> That's what makes the gift the gift. And 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 I I stand to be corrected by everybody on this panel. Feel free to do so. But that's how I see what a gift is and what defines a gift. Now, I've probably got five five thousand four hundred eighty seven favorite scriptures that rotate through, and they're all different. Depends on the day and everything else. But you hit one of the five thousand four hundred eighty seven over in Second Timothy chapter one verse seven. Uh, for it says, "For he for he has not God has not given us the spirit of fear, but what He has given us is a spirit of power." and of love, and of a sound mind. Mm -hmm. And in that gift of power and love and of a sound mind, he wraps up in verses, um, what, 8, 9, and 10 of 2 Timothy chapter 1, what that power is, what that mm -hmm. love is, and what that sound mind is. The, the, the verse immediately following verse 7, he says, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of my Lord, nor of me as prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of mm -hmm. God. It's not our power. It's his right. power. Amen. Who has saved us? Now, here's, here's the spirit of love that he's given us. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not mm -hmm. according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. That's not our love. That's his love. Mm -hmm. His power. It's his love. But is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the mm -hmm. gospel. There's the power of a sound mind. Yeah. It's not our sound mind. It's the sound mind that God gives us. So that power, love, and a sound mind that's wrapped up in all of that, that's all God's, and he gave it to us. He gave us grace. He gave us faith. He gave us love. He gave us uh, power. He gave us a sound mind. Those are all perfect gifts from God that he has given us. And whether we say, well, I don't want it, or I do want it, or whatever the case may be, he's given them to us. <laughs> and by virtue of that giving, they are now ours. That's the giving of a gift. That's what the Father of Lots, in whom is no variables nor shadow of turning, has done for his children in this world. What a Amen. wonderful message, Brother Charles. Amen. I really enjoyed that. Well, I just I think about it where he says he has not given us the spirit of fear. If you think about it, fear comes from the devil. The devil tries to steer us to do what he wants us to do all the time. And if you go to the 21st chapter of the book of Revelation, he says over there in the 8th verse, he says, but the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers, he puts the fearful right there in with those. Yeah. If you have, if you if you live your life in fear, I believe it's not pleasing to the Lord because you're not trusting in him. You're not looking to him and asking him for direction. Because he's the only one that we have to fear is the Lord yeah, himself. that's right. <laughs> Reverence and godly fear. You're right, brother. Appreciate that. Love you, brother Charles. Love you too. Hey, on that note, the gift. Yeah, I get. I get exactly. I agree. The gift is uh, a gift because the person who gave it gave it out of um, in God's case, out of love for us. Right. I mean, he wasn't expecting anything in return. But is is it true that the scriptures teach there are some gifts 
that are uh, effectual, maybe even should say irresistible. And then there are some gifts that are not effectual in the sense of these other gifts, that they're not, that they can be resisted. Uh, for instance, I think about Paul when he says, for I do not frustrate the grace of God. Now, if he means faith, grace in the sense of uh, what it says in the second chapter of Ephesians, I think there's a big controversy right there. That's a, conflict. <laughs> That's a big conflict. But obviously he means grace of another. He means grace in another. What's, what's the best way to put it? Uh, another setting. Another application, maybe. Another application. Another application. Yeah. yeah. It's not irresistible grace that he has in mind. Right. Right. It's the, it's the responsibility of the gospel, uh, and to acknowledge the gospel that he preached. And he says, "I do not frustrate the grace of God." For if, you know, so if righteousness came by the law, so that would so that would that would further lengthen my example, brother Mike. If somebody yeah. somebody rang my doorbell and said, "Here's a gift," and I'm like. Well, and they're like, well, it's a gift. Yeah. I, you know, mm -hmm. here it is. Well, they've done it, it is a gift, and they've done their part and they've given it to me. So say I take that and out of whatever spirit, spite, anger, malice, you know, whatever, and I just go stick it in the corner. Well, it's still the gift, but now I've set it aside. Now I've frustrated mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, that's what frustrate means, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I pushed it made, aside. Made, made it made it of no effect. Yeah. Right. So yeah. So anyway, sorry, that was just no, no. I, popped into my I, head while you were talking. No, I think I think your distinction is absolutely essential for everyone yeah. to understand that a gift is a gift because the giver gives it as yeah. such, whether right. the recipient receives it as such. But on but the other side of that is if the recipient chooses not to receive it, then we have to be careful how we apply this, of course. Because eternal life is not something that we have the option to reject or that is correct to accept. <clears throat> but the graces that come with life, we can, and sadly, often do reject right. those things right. or well, make light yeah. of them, and we miss out on the tremendous blessing that is there, and we miss out on on other people being blessed mm -hmm. by it as a result. Yeah, that's right. So well, it, <clears throat> I think it's an I think what you've made is an essential. Point and what Brother Charles, what you brought is an essential point too. Yeah. I really appreciate that very much. That's really I, good, I, Brother Mike. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I agree wholeheartedly with with what both of you said, and and I think it it, um, it really uh, enhances even more what Brother Charles preached on. You know, there's there is definitely a difference between receiving a gift or and utilizing the gift. Um, I. There are some gifts that, that you've said, Brother Mike, that are effectual, that God gives them, and they have the exact effect. Yeah, thank goodness they do. <laughs> right. Well, that God yeah. intended for them to have. There are other gifts that God gives us, and, it, and they have a desired effect as well. Mm -hmm. But that comes to pass only when we utilize them. Amen. Yep. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, just Here, here's a story that my granddad one time said. You talk about his wit. And he yes. said one time, he goes, a guy said something to him, and he he said, if I walk up to you with a glass of water and I throw this water on you, do you accept it or do you receive it? Yeah. <laughs> he said, you got it either way. You got it either way. <laughs> that's the that's one what I your point, Brother Mark, I, I think is so important to this, this subject matter, really. And I think it's where we, as, as God's people, we get mixed up a little bit because – 
we think of gift, and even in this the setting of Brother Charles preaching tonight, bringing in you know the holiday time and, and the giving of gifts and the receiving of gifts and all of that, your definition of a gift is spot on. It's biblical, and it is a difference maker when it comes to understanding what a gift given by God truly means. I had to chuckle in myself because maybe your families do the same thing. You know, we've got Amazon lists now and you can go on and you can set your Amazon list. And, and then that allows people to go and choose the exact item that you want to be given as a gift from somebody. I categorically reject it. I will not participate. As a matter of fact, if one of our kids puts something on that list, I won't get it. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll buy it and give it to them for kicks and giggles. But a gift, I give a gift because I purpose to give a gift. Yeah, and yeah. I purpose. That's good. That's right? good. And what a great distinction you made tonight, Brother Mark, with that. I love, 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 love that. Hey, by the way, if you want to send me a gift, I'm, I won't. <laughs> Let's go back to the scriptures, shall we? All right, I want to ask this question. Again, again. <clears throat> Ephesians 1 and 3. You brought it up with Charles. You wrote it. Uh, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So I, I think he means all of them, too, all all things that qualify as a spiritual blessing. And then I think yeah. he begins to list them out in the, in the first chapter. And some of those things, almost everything in that first chapter, at least for the better part of the first chapter are gifts that we get without any, that any uh, possibility that we won't get them. I mean, we're going to, yeah. we're going to get the gift of redemption. We, we have redemption and, and, Adoption. I mean, all those kind of gifts, but there are gifts in Christ, in, in heaven places in Christ, that require obedience on our part. There's still blessings in Christ, but they're they're not. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're not uh, <clears throat> irresistible, or uh, they're, they're they're not like gifts like being born again. Being born again, you get that gift without your say so. It, yeah. it happens. I know in in my studies going in and reading through the book of Isaiah and Jeremiah, I see how many times that the people they they got where they were where they should be and the Lord blessed them and then they turned their back and they went away. That's a good point. Harden your heart. And we see we see time and time again when we're doing what we're supposed to and when we're following him, there's blessings that come here in time with that. Yeah. But as far as our eternal, that was all taken care of and done. We don't have to worry Amen. about that. Amen. But, I hope I hope there aren't people that are listening that think, well, you know, these these are the blessings that I can reject. I, then it doesn't matter if I reject them or not. I think that's a terrible, well, <laughs> miscalculation. I, I think I think there's a I think there's the way that we use the word gift now does not lend itself to fully explaining how it is used to express the things that God has given us between. Eternal salvation and just daily gifts and blessings. Uh, if you're using the same word, which they are gifts, but it's like, well, how do you, how do you make it like distinct? How do you understand that there's these gifts, like salvation, that is just 
happening to us. I neither, I neither get to re- accept it or reject it. It is just now on me. Versus, okay, well, here's this Amazon package that I can <laughs> set over here. And okay, so I got I got an analogy for you guys. And stick with me. It will. It's it's uh. So one. <laughs> that's it's okay. We got we got a minute. One of my very dear friends is uh, every time I go over to his house, he's always got some kind of uh, board game or card game or something. And one of the games that we play, um, it's a card game that uses characters and characters and items. And then you battle it out against each other. It's really, really fun. But one of the things that you can do to your enemy is you can throw cards at them to beat them. Well, there's two types of cards. There's item cards and there's character cards. If he throws a character card at me, I'm just that character now. Like, did I want to be an elf? No, I didn't want to be an elf, but now I'm an elf. Because that had more power than I'm able to do with. But if he throws an item card at me, I can choose to use it or not use it. So it it's really about, does this gift, what is the quality of the power of this gift? Is this gift who I am now? Like, because this gift is not something that I can just hold in my hand and manipulate it for whatever it is. It's, this is me now. This is who I am. I, un- I now understand my world and everything because this thing has happened to me. So that's that type of gift. The other type of gift is the gift that you can hold in your hand. It's the one that you can look at and say, what do I want to do with this? How do I want to take it? They're almost two entirely different types of substances in in the way that they come to you. Because one's like pouring water on you. Okay, well, now I'm just wet. (laughs) The other one's a glass of water. How am I going to hold this glass? What am I going to do with this glass of water? So, like, if you, if you want to know what happened to your salvation, how you, what, what has happened to you? Who are you now? What is my, my quality of my life? Who, who am I now that God has placed the salvation on me? Well, Scripture's got a lot of wonderful answers for that. But now that I know who I am, what do I have to do about it? Those are the gifts of God. And it just, it helps me a lot to sort of delineate those two ideas because it's so easy to take that first type, you know, the water being spilled on you, now you're wet, as as thinking of, okay, well, uh, if salvation is a gift of life, oh, maybe it's another Amazon package and I can just kind of do with it what I will. Well, okay. How you, un- how you engage with it might be another thing, but you are saved. You are wet. <laughs> there's nothing you can do about that. There's, there's, there's nothing you... That is a completely different type of gift than the other types of gifts, which are the blessings that we can hold and use as, as we think we should. Now, obviously, we should do with those gifts what God wants us to do with those gifts, <laughs> but he still leaves that uh, choice of discipleship to us. 
So it's just, it, it's so very important when you're reading, okay, here's, which gift is it? Am I talking about gift A, type of type A or gift type B? What am I talking about here? And if you can figure that out, you, you got a lot of answers to a lot of questions just by having that simple type of organization to it. Mm-hmm. And that's just like my that. thought on that. That's good. Sounds like a good card game. It's a good card game. <laughs> y'all, you guys would have fun with that. Um, let's see here. Brother Martin, you got, you got any? Man, we, we, we have, we're ending we in record time. We have questions from the... Well, I'll go. actually, we got a lot of great comments here. Let's, well, let's see here. Some. Let's hear them. You want to hear a few? Yes. Uh, okay, so, Brother Byron here. God's holy calling is a gift you can't refuse. It's a spiritual gift, not a worldly gift. It speaks to our godly spirit, not our worldly thoughts. Amen and amen. Uh, oh, here's a, another wonderful example that we use all the time, but it's as true as it true can be. Lazarus could not refuse Jesus. A dead man can't refuse. Another wonderful example that we use all the time. That was me. Sorry. I was trying to go to the to our bro, to our I was going to look Is that what I sound like? Oh no. Some of the comments. I realized Never mind. Let's see here. Brother Thomas. It takes patience. Some seekers are serious, some are not. The truth will be revealed by the Lord to the serious seeker. How that person is treated in that interim period makes all the difference. Mm, yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Answers to... Yeah. What's that reading? Like what Julie Snyder said. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sir. Sorry. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Answers to doctrinal questions are less important than the spirit in which they are answered. Man, that is, is, that's a profound statement right yeah. there by Brother yeah. Thomas. Mm-hmm. Amen and amen, brother. Amen, Brother Thomas. <clears throat> that... that that is everything right there. You know, I mean, it, it, go, it goes back to our, our children, right? Like, how do our children experience church? Are they studying the, the original Greek of the book of Galatians? Or are they watching us interact with each other right. and with them? Right, right. Okay, so that's a a literal physical child. What if a full fully grown adult but spiritual child walks in? Mm-hmm. What's the difference in terms of what they need first? Yeah, you know. Yeah, you know, it really kind of goes to where Brother Mike was going um, with asking some of the questions as a a novice and not you know one that's new to the faith and that type of thing. Are we willing to be patient? Are we willing to listen to understand good, what the question point. really, really is? <clears throat> and if we are, then the spirit in which we answer it will have a positive effect. Amen. If, if we are not listening to it, we can we can take the train off the tracks right out of the gate. Yep. Amen. Yep. Really you know, good point. Um, hey, one time I heard a preacher say that he was trying to explain the primitive Baptist doctrine to somebody and there was a, a lady that worked to ask him a question he was trying to to explain it and he said I got a little bit um, too excited and got too much in the flesh because some of questions that she asked and she, he said after about 15 minutes 
the lady that was sitting there in the room with us said, you know, if what you have is the truth, I don't want it in the way you presented it. Oh. oh. Mm. Ouch. Oh. Oh. And I thought, how important is it that we let people ask questions, to answer their questions, and just try to to yeah. lead them through their own decisions or their own <laughs> understanding rather than trying to force it on somebody right wham off the bat. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When honesty is brutal, it loses its virtue. <clears throat> yep. That's well, your mother always tells me the truth hurts. <clears throat> Usually that's when she makes me aware of things I don't want to be made aware of. Hey, hey. Uh, there's two there's two comments I uh, there's so many good there's so many good ones. But Sister Glenda, one of my one of Glenda my, Nickel, there Nickel, you go. One of our oldest friends. She's when I say oldest, I mean she's so much younger than me. Uh, and then uh, Sister Julie, two, two really, and then there's others that we should bring up. But man, <clears throat> you want to read Sister Glenda there, Dad? I got it up on the screen for you. All right, Sister Glenda. Hey, I love you, Sister Glenda. Uh, and I remember Brother Tillman Williams, Brother Mark, some of you, Brother Dave. You remember Brother Tillman? This story is about my grandfather Tillman Williams. He was in the nursing home and having this very dis- discussion with a friend about the gift. He said, "Granddaddy had the man lay down as if he was dead." Granddaddy walked up to him and said, here's your gift. But, of course, he couldn't make a move since he was dead. (laughs) (laughs) That's really good. Thank you, Sister Julie. And then show that one by Sister Julie. If we are able to refuse this gift, then doesn't it make us more powerful than God? Great (laughs) point. Thank you, Sister Julie. Uh, Man, I really appreciate all you dear folks that are Adding to the discussion <clears throat> means a lot. Amen. And uh, I, I really like this new function. I can show all the comments. Yeah, can everybody see it? Just watch the broadcast. They yeah, can they can see it. it. Oh, yeah. well, I didn't have to yeah. read it then. Maybe we ought to stop talking and read more of the comments. Why didn't you bring that up earlier? Why didn't you bring that up earlier? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I like the comments very much. Yes, thank you, everybody. We love. Yes, thank, thank you so, so much. much. Thank you so much. It means so much. I wish we could get to all of them. We probably should. If David hadn't said so much, we could have. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, yeah, you, know, you can you can read them to us. I, you know, all night long. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well. <clears throat> My gift hey. is not to say anything more. <clears throat> hey, brother Mark. Who, yes. who? Who do we got? Who we got next week? That would be Elder Mike Mosley. Who? Elder <laughs> Mike Mosley. Well, what do you know? Okay. Brother Mike, we love Brother Mike. Love yeah, him yes, dearly. I heard he preached the sermon on together at Bethel Church last Saturday. If you're listening, brother Mike. Why don't you preach on that one next week? I want to hear. Oh, can you do it in twenty minutes? Can you do it in twenty minutes? <laughs> he did because Jeff followed other like in twenty minutes. Yeah, he didn't take all the time. So, well, hey, brother, brother Charles, thank you so much for being with us. We yeah, thoroughly yeah, enjoyed that message. Yeah, really, really appreciate good it. Good thanks for, thanks for having you, brother. Yeah, so good to oh. meet you, brother. Amen. We can't wait to meet you in person, and uh, we got to have you back on the broadcast sometime. Yeah, yeah. Amen. yeah. yeah. Amen. Um, and with that, I believe we have closing prayer with Dad. Oh, 
Well, if you'll bow with us then, Heavenly Father, uh, we thank Thee so much for allowing us this privilege of uh, for a little while meeting in Thy name to hear Thy Word preached and to hear uh, uh, the brethren talk on the Scriptures and bring out so many good thoughts. We thank You for that, Lord. We thank You for the spirit of love and fellowship and brotherlyhood that is uh, so obvious, Lord. We thank You for uh, all those who have uh, watched and those who will. And we thank those who have uh, uh, added their comments and just add, just added so much to the broadcast. We thank you for them. Lord, we pray that the message that will go out will be a blessing to all those who hear it in the days and weeks to come. May we never forget thee, Lord, to ret return thanks unto thee for uh, many blessings and uh, many uh, uh, compassions to us. Forgive us for where we fail thee. Bless us to be more forgiving of others. Be with us next week when we meet again to worship thee. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 And we will see you all next week with Elder Mike Mosley. Brother Charles, thank you again so much. And uh, with that, we'll say good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. God bless.